0: You're listening to Arsenal Pass, a flesh and blood podcast
1: for players by players and all about strategy, leveling up, and the latest news in the world of Wraith. Welcome to Arsenal Pass. I want to start episode 102 of Arsenal Pass, Brendan, with one positive and then some constructive things to talk about. I had an awesome time this past weekend pre- playing pre release. Outsiders is. is maybe my favorite flesh and blood set to date uh although you know that maybe that could change right we haven't played constructed yet but i had an awesome time at the pre-release on a negative side though unfortunately you didn't get to play a pre-release and i do want to talk a little bit about that because we haven't recorded a pod in two weeks because we did the set review in between so we actually recorded that directly after episode 100 we did episode 101 so you haven't heard from us well we haven't spoken to you technically in two weeks although you have heard from us in the past week I want to ask you, kind of, just to give us a bit of a, a background mm-hmm. on on why it was that, unfortunately, you couldn't get to play a pre release, and and how does this issue change for the future?
0: Well, I will say, to be fair, on the Saturday, I ha- I did have one. i, I basically I'd been calling uh, stores, texting store owners uh, that I had known for literally the entire week before. Um, couldn't get into anything. Nothing was posted on websites, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I did have something pop up on the Saturday, but it was like, hey, there's a store. They don't care about Flesh and Blood anymore. They're, there's nothing posted. It's an hour away. Maybe you can drive here and maybe they'll have a spot. And I was like, mm, nah. <laughs> and by the way, there's no price support. And I was like, I don't really care about the price support, but I don't want to drive an hour to not to not get it done. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that this is sort of a... It's a larger issue that's affected other types of events. Like it's affected pre releases for a bit. I don't think it's been this bad before, Um, but it's affected road to national skirmishes, stuff like that. Um, I think with Outsiders in particular, there was something regarding like the allocation of product. Um, They were given like just pre release product or something instead of. Actual product to sell or something like that, but yeah, basically, from what I understand, in North America, there was a lot of regions where it was really tough to get into pre-release. There was the caps were really tight, um, the price support was really tight, et cetera, et cetera. So, I know myself and you know on Twitter, quite a few other people weren't able to get in. So, how can they fix it? I mean, I've been saying for a long time, I really think that Flesh and Blood needs to have uh, more of a home base in North America, or at least in their their really big markets, because this kind of stuff shouldn't i mean it can happen if the demand is high enough that's fine but i really like in our area like dallas fort worth it felt very uh felt like there was a significant lack of support and i know some other areas it was just like there was a plethora right i had people on twitter being like yo come to missouri <laughs> I'm like, probably not gonna come to missouri but um yeah it's just i think that uh, it. Mean, I I wouldn't know how to fix it because I'm sure there's there's so much mm-hmm. that goes on the goes that happens on the back end. But just hopefully next time there's uh, more availability, more stores get pre releases. I don't think that pre release should be something a store has to win, right? Like I think the more pre releases there are, kind of the better because people like me and people like yes. you know michael hamilton roger michael and like, hamilton yeah yeah <laughs> also like, world get champion. like we want to just play the set when it releases like i think that there sh- there can be some events that stores have to you know have a relationship they have to win and like it's like a good thing for a store to have that but when it comes to pre-release pretty much everybody wants to participate in those and i think that there should be more availability
1: it's the the pre release is the time to play the new set it's honestly in my opinion one of the most exciting times as any level of flesh and blood player whether you're brand new to the game or your world champion Michael Hamilton you know you want to get there open the packs play with the new cards and I think as well it's a great time to bring friends along and to try the game and unfortunately I think it sounds like it might have been more limited to North America sounds like Europe Asia and um, Australia New Zealand had a a much better time with it and so I don't know if that's I don't want to speculate too much I think it sounds like it's something to do with just product and and timing and the demand of the product Uh, I know with some distributors here already in australia they're sold out of their first wave you know to stores who are ready to sell on friday or they may have already pre-allocated a lot of that to people who wanted to buy products so you know what that's a great thing that's a great thing the outsiders in demand this set's freaking awesome so no surprise but i yeah I, I agree it really sucks that you know we couldn't sit here and talk a bit more about sealed uh this uh, this pod because unfortunately you haven't had the chance to, to play a pre-release and you know the likes of michael and a lot of other players but there is a real demand for this game growing, and that's really exciting. You know, It's just about where they go from here to make sure that everyone can, can play, and um, I, hopefully that's something that can be addressed next time so that everyone who wants to play a pre-release can do because, like I say, I had an awesome time. Let's not, uh, let's not stay negative, but I did just want to ask you about that because... Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, think it's, something it's, that's it's really a bizarre, well
0: it's a bizarre issue, right? Like it's, I think that this is something that cropped up this in this pre-release in particular. And obviously I'm not the only one affected. If I was, it'd probably be a me issue, but seems like a lot of people were affected. And, um, yeah. it has been hard to get into pre-releases previously, but it hasn't been like, you know, multiple players like across that I know across the board, just having trouble getting in. So I think it was, um, uh, you know, maybe something they can reflect on, uh, for the next set and potentially fix
1: yeah definitely yeah i know none of well majority of mine weren't capped or they were capped by more of like a store space issue sort of thing um some stores maybe they got one pre-release kit but they had products so maybe not everyone unfortunately got foils the the uh the tokens the foil tokens the cold foil tokens, which by the way look awesome such a good mm-hmm. idea for pre-release sort of participation prizes these cold foil inertia blood rot ponder uh tokens but yeah, they still were able to cater to basically their store size, which is which is really cool. So I think the biggest one I played was I wanna say it was like forty something people on on the Friday evening, which was which is awesome. So yeah. Anyway, that's uh that's something to start with. Hope to see that change for the next set. But Outsiders... Very cool set, Brittany. Yeah.
0: Well, I have some questions for you because you and I, although I didn't get to play a pre-release, we did talk about it a lot. (laughs) So I do have some questions for you. So we did a Patreon podcast specifically last week. And at the end of that podcast, we talked about what hero we think would be the most powerful and what class we did, just based off the sort of card quality and what we thought the format might look like. I think that we kind of were like, "Mm, yeah, maybe Ranger, maybe a Ninja, like a Ninja would be a really good thing in Sealed. Looking on Twitter, it looked like there was a lot of Assassin, a lot of Azuri, a lot of Arachne. What was sort of your takeaways? I also saw a lot of people playing more than 30-card decks. We can get into that later. But in terms of, like, Mm. the best hero you feel like in Sealed, what were most people playing with? What were they winning with? And why did that hero shine above the others?
1: Yeah, so on Friday, so I played three pre-releases. I played a Friday evening, a Saturday, and a Sunday. And on Friday, the first thing I noticed immediately upon opening my packs was that the you know i'd already seen the set we've gone through the set review i'd had a look but i hadn't really opened packs and looked at kind of like what the quality of packs look like and my first thing kind of thing that hit me was that the with the spread that you get in the packs you do get quite a lot of generics and a lot of these generics don't seem to fit as well into maybe ranger or into ninja as they do into assassin that's kind of the first thing i noted the second thing i noticed was that i had like no zero cost blues in my my pool and as it turns out this is this is quite common you know it's there's not actually that many in the set I think you I see somewhere around I'd say like average I've seen is around like six to seven mm-hmm. five to seven maybe and, and that's often I think not enough to play a good ninja deck unless you have a lot of good combo and starter cards and also then if you have those you've opened a lot of reds which just you've got a really good pool and I don't think that's happening as much so kind of like so if I look through my pool on Friday when I first opened these cards I, I ruled out ninja like basically immediately I was like I just don't have enough power cards I don't have any good combo lines even if it just be like a yellow starter plus some red uh, combo cards. I don't have enough blue zero cost to play my Kadachis reliably. I just kind of put Ninjas to the side immediately. And then I looked at my Ranger and I had like four red arrows. And I was like, okay, I can't, I don't think I can play Ranger. I don't have the density. So I kind of defaulted to Assassin on the Friday and uh, me and Yuanji had done episode one of the Time. And then we talked about, you know, playing probably just playing most of your playables. And that's kind of what I decided to do. I decided to play like 35 playables, I think. And then round one, I played an Assassin Mirror and I think a lot of people come to the same conclusion. Just play your best cards. And a lot of people were defaulting to Assassin. And we, we went to Fatigue in round one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really big learning for me in, uh, already in round one. And it kind of by the time we got to round five of that event, it was kind of a, a, a case of a lot of people had defaulted to Assassin. A lot of people already started to find out that these games are, these games are quite grindy and card economy is really important. And people were still trying to figure out what that meant for, for their decks and how they were building them. But I think what it ends up meaning is that you majority of the time we're gonna get more playables in assassin and uh you were gonna get average quality of deck that was better because of spider's bites versus not being able to play kodachi's versus not having Mm. enough red arrows and a red pump spells and threats and ranger
0: yeah so so were spider's bites specifically better than kodachi in most scenarios because of the lack of blue zero costs
1: uh yes and no but it's really hard to double spider's bite in a turn Mm. because you're holding two blues if you do so and actually the second spider's bite is kind of redundant. Because your opponent, if they take the first one, uh, it probably means they have some number of block threes, either it be non-attack actions, reactions, or even an attack action. Uh, they just want to block with one card. And if you attack with the second card, they can often just for free throw a two-cost attack action at it to basically negate that second one and use their card that already defends one. So you're keeping resources. You need two blues if you want to do that, Plus play another card. Or you minimum need two cards to pitch to, do, to attack with two spiders bites anyway. So... It's often pretty hard to do so, whereas with Kodachi, it's a lot more. Like, I did play against a couple of good ninja pools, and it was, you know, Kodachi, Kodachi 3. <laughs> like, it is the classic kind of katsu or ninja thing, uh, whereas it's a bit harder with spiders. But, so, I think it, it came down more to just the fact of, yeah, you, like you say, you probably never have zero-cost zero blues, but then also how good was your pool in general to actually facilitate... What you're doing outside of your weapons
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> you talked about game one going to fatigue so how how often do you think it's correct to play more than 30 cards and do you just play as many cards as possible or like what is so what is the criteria for like how many cards i'm putting in my deck like what cards do i just put everything and or is it like you know maybe i'm playing 34 not 39 or something like how do you, yeah, how really do you find evolved. that deck size number
1: yeah it really evolved as the weekend went i think And it was really really interesting following like fab twitter and seeing people kind of start to click on to like what the format looked like and and how many cards to play and i think you can look at it kind of like a a bit of a a bell shaped curve where you play you play more cards i think the your game plan and the quality of your games and your likelihood to participate in these games and not fatigue gets better and then it comes over a point where if you go down the other side the quality of your deck becomes so full of chaff and jank that you don't worry about fatigue you're just going to die before then because you've got too many block twos you don't have enough ways to present threats, uh, and you might even just fatigue because you just don't have enough good threats to actually threaten damage on your opponent and they'll force more cards out of you. So I think in the end, it turns out to be somewhere around playing majority of your playables. Uh, Nick, who we had on on Limits of Diamond, had like a really good rule where he he likes to play one-to-one ratio with three blocks versus non-three blocks. So if he opens like 18 to 19 three blocks, he'll often play like 37 to 40 cards in his deck, uh, depending on like what, what kind of cards he opens. Um, and and I think that's like a pretty good rule I think somewhere around like 34 to 40 I will say the exception I found was like Riptide where I think you play just majority of your cards in Riptide because you don't have a weapon so some of these even more like chaffy kind of yellow attack actions and blue attack actions that maybe you would just cut in Assassin uh, are going to be threats for you in the late game when you don't have a weapon and you need to just kill your opponent because you can actually pretty easily actually fatigue people with with a deck like Riptide, and it's done through presenting threats. It's not done through just blocking out.
0: Do you think that the Rangers uh suffer from not having a weapon in this set like they did in previous sets, like Arcan Rising?
1: No, I, I think Barbed Castaway is really, really good, and I think it's quite quite a cool weapon for limited. Uh, I think maybe maybe Azalea does to a degree for Sealed. I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to see how she plays that in draft. But um no, I, th- I think I Castaway is like such a strong weapon that and Riptide hero, paired with Riptide's hero ability that you actually you have a lot of incentive to play range outside of just red arrows like you have cards like virulent touch and death touch that riptide can get to arsenal you have ways to trigger riptide ability to then use your barb cast for that aim counter ability to effectively extract extra damage from a permanent on the table so no i, I think it's a it's a really funnily enough a really well designed set by Alice. and i think they've put a lot of time and effort into what the limited play will look like which I do think is a move on from where they've been in the past.
0: Are there any heroes in the three subsets of classes, you have Assassin, Ninja, and Ranger, that feel almost strictly better than the other in Sealed?
1: Yeah, Riptide and Azalea, I think <laughs> the, the the alluding to there. I think you're gonna see, uh, I, I think I made a claim on our pod last week, so a week and a half ago from us recording, where I said that I thought people might, uh, like Benji might have like one of the best win rates of the weekend, and it, it, you know p- people would probably default to like arachne uh and i think people ended up defaulting to like azuri in the end and i think probably riptide maybe have one of the best win rates it's it's really powerful but i do think you have to have the right pool for it but i think if you open the ranger pool you're probably just defaulting to to riptide over azalea um but i'd be, I'd be keen to hear in the comments like do people find that different like do people have really good azalea pools because i i didn't really see them but i i imagine they're out there like if you open couple of red scout the periphery you open some of the lace with cards that mean that you're getting dominate off your arrows is really good and there's an arrow I think it's called spire shot that like lets you not opt the top two cards you get to look at the top two and put them back in any order i think that's really powerful for azalea's ability so i'm sure if people open those they could have had a really good azalea deck but i think a lot of the time i saw like some people show me their pools they're like yeah look at this ranger pool i'm playing azalea and i was like it looks really good but i probably would have just played riptide to be honest
0: Mm. and what about benji i haven't heard benji mm. mentioned too much was that how did that how did that hero feel specifically
1: in sealed uh, i didn't play against a benji i only played against uh, well maybe i played against one benji but i i think it ended up being that katsu was probably just better because if you if you did open up a ninja pool it was likely to just be filled with like a lot of reds in your class and i think that meant that you wanted to actually just play katsu for for the hero ability and just kill your opponent just play this more more kind of like think of like uprising fire style in sealed where you just kind of it's actually more of a race you don't get to fatigue and you have a lot more damage uh density but more three density um so i think that meant that probably katsu ended up looking better and the benji kind of just wasn't as relevant because it was just really hard to open enough blues and have these good attack actions that you want good generics and benji as well plus some like really relevant yellows uh but i will say i think the thing that hurt ninja the most is that the defense reactions are so so good in sealed the red defense reactions the traps mm-hmm. and i think that that's what ends up hurting players trying to play ninja it got to the point on sunday honestly i think in sunday i think there was like two people at my my release that ended up playing ninja so I, I do i do think there's a bit of a flaw in the sealed format to, to a degree but it was still super super fun like assassin mirrors were fun
0: yeah talk to me about the dichotomy between um, you know, playing a Azuri deck or playing an Arachne deck, and what kind of cards facilitate that? Why would you play one over the other?
1: That's a good question. It's something we didn't we didn't talk much about on limited time only, actually. And I feel like I'm I feel like being questioned by Brennan here. You know, this is I feel like I'm on the I'm on the stand. I'm standing trial here, but I think the main thing, the reason to play Arachne over Azuri is probably that you don't open enough swap cards, so enough of these powerful cards that you actually want to swap onto the table. Uh, is a is a big thing. And the other is that I actually think Arachne is really good into the mirror match because the way the games play out and seal between Arachne and Azuri is that you often can't use your whole hand. So you're often arsling cards. Uh, you're often, it's often a bit of like a, a chicken game with how you defend. So say you come with Spider's Bite. If your opponent doesn't defend, you're really incentivized to play out your hand, right? Because their defensive is gonna be a lot worse. And you can't do that as well in Azuri because you, you get that free go again with Arachne. And on the flip side, if your opponent does block out the, the Spider's Bite, you're a lot less incentivized to to attack with, say, your 0 for 3 on-hit effect because your opponent can block that with one card, any any card that defends for 3. So I think you then more incentivize to Arsenal, like a, a red stealth card, and set that for a future turn. And with Arachne, you can do that and still play out like a 4 or 5 card hand the turn, turn following. But you can't do that as well with a Zuri. So... I think Arachne is a bit less punishing in some of those mirrors. At least you play out your hands a lot better. And and sometimes in the Assassin's mirror it did feel like you couldn't play out your hands. Like you would there would be times where you kind of I want to say you gave yourself like an IP penalty, but for the right reasons, yeah, you kind of did. You kind of didn't play out cards because it didn't make sense to because threat density and card economy is really important.
0: Mm. So in our in our set reviews, we we sort of evaluated blood rot cards uh as the best and then frailty cards and then inertia cards how did you feel those tokens ranked up against each other and do you think we are correct with blood rod being the best um inertia being the second best and or sorry frailty being the second best and inertia being the
1: worst i think frailty is the best and <laughs> limited well unsealed anyway i i because of the amount of of assassins being played and also it's still just really good in terms of the way that good riptide decks are playing it usually was a, a zero for two um but it just ends up being so, so impactful to blank that that spider's bite. It just changes how your opponent has to play the game. And you can even, even the red trap that gives it, like you can play it on that spider's bite. It blanks the potential for them to even attack with the second one and blanks like an attack from, from Arsenal, plus you get all the power back in your hand for blocking. So tea felt really powerful. It's really close. I, the, don't get me wrong, Blood Rock Pox is as good as we thought it was. Like It is really good and it helps put pressure on the opponent, helps close out games. Because of the... The kind of the power level of the set often you know that that blue that someone could keep to pitch for that might not be doing much else anyway other than just maybe blocking for one or two damage so um it was maybe a little bit less powerful than i thought and uh inertia sorry frailty was definitely more powerful than i thought it was going to be
0: so you talked about the power of defense reactions uh how powerful did you feel attack reactions were in this set
1: uh less powerful than i thought I can expand i guess the the thing with the attack actions particularly the ones that cost one the ones that we rated really highly so spike with uh inertia S- spike with Blood, Blood Blood Rot, Rot. all those yeah all the assassin ones the fact those cost one is actually a pretty reasonable cost like don't get me wrong those cards are really good they defend for three they can be one for fives often or you know if you've got the floating resource on a zero cost stealth card um uh, they can also be like really telegraphed and a little bit awkward at times because you don't have the south card or you have a yellow south card and your opponent can just play around it with like defense reaction. So, and the, again, the defense reactions are really good. So it does help, but they, they are they are still really good. I think Razor's Edge is, is like the, actually tended to end up being the best one because of the zero cost. Um, I, I mean, mm. on a whole, it's probably not better than those, but it is a common and those cards are like the yellow is really good. You can pitch it for late and you can play it off like a two card hand to push lethal through and things like that um so yeah the attack reactions were, were still good but i think people were opening well I'll, I'll say this people were opening pools and saying oh i didn't open any attack reactions i probably shouldn't play assassin and i just don't think it's that that relevant like the attack reactions weren't the all and end or more importantly were just good attacks the defense reactions were more important and some good stealth guards mm-hmm. that makes sense
0: yeah it, it does make sense i i had one more question that i was like really and then deep. the
1: prosecution will rest
0: yeah well okay so did you have any cards that stood out as overperforming and inversely did you have any cards that stood out as underperforming from what you expected
1: yeah definitely i'll just kind of like shout a few names that i think the cards that underperformed to a degree were, were definitely some of the attack reactions i think um sometimes just a little bit awkward often better just to defend with them to be honest and get, get the value out of them defensively the cards some of the cards that overperformed were some of the generics so like feisty locals especially mm-hmm. in red that card really overperformed so that's the zero for three if it's defended by an action card it gets plus two uh that card was just like an all-star in the late game as a card that you can swap them with uh like azuri if you need to although it's just good on the end of a chain you just come with spiders bite. they take the spiders bite. then you come with a zero for three and it's like they especially in the late game like if they if they defend that which if they're at three or less like they have to then now you're now zero for five and they have to respect that and, and block it out and Taking three damage on the chin in this format, because of how grindy and and sort of um, how important your life total is, and sort of the the longevity of the game, that's that's a lot of damage. So yeah, that that card was particularly good, especially if you chuck a pump spell on it. Runs your surging militia a lot. Like it's a lot closer to surging militia than I thought it was going to be. Uh, other cards that kind of overperformed. I mean, the the equipment, like the seeker's equipment, was mm. and and peace of mind, especially when you pair those two together. Peace of mind was a card that. I think we'd say, you know, red looks looks good. It's a good solid card. Probably don't want to play the other colors. I'd play yellow if I'd Seekers 100%, and red, bear, tunic might be the best equipment in the set. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask what you thought of the damage prevention effects, so sounds like they pair well with, with the equipment, just getting the full value of that blue you're pitching.
1: Yeah, definitely, and again, back to card economy, pitching like a good blue for late game, keeping that in your deck. Uh, you know, there's spider's bites, there's your range of friends who have got maybe some Dominate with Azalea, but also just good numbers, and you don't have that many three blocks in your deck. Just that replaces, helps you replace, because the, the Ponder token is really good. The other card of Shudder is uh, Destructive Liberation, I think it's called. The the two for five that ever hits creates a Ponder token. That card at Red was just an All-Star. Hmm. So many people were, like, you know, flashing that in with Azuri, getting to replace the card, and it just, yeah, that card is really, really good.
0: So when you, if you were going to open like a sealed pool um, for a tournament, what would you, like, what are you really looking to open? Like, what, what do you think is, like, good? Are you trying to open, like, a specific class, specific set of cards? Are you trying to open more defense reactions rather than not? Like, what are, like, the best supporting cards you can get just opening a sealed pool
1: vanilla? I, I do actually think if you open a Riptide pool, you can have one of the strongest decks. So I had a Riptide pool on Saturday. I kind of got a little bit, I didn't think it was good enough, and I didn't play it, but I, there was, like, five rounds in our sealed, and then. I was playing like a couple of games in between with people with the seal pool and I was like oh this feels really powerful and so I was at 4 and you know it's being a casual event I took advantage of the casual event I swapped into my riptide deck and decided to play it for the last round and I like got too close to fatigue fatiguing my assassin opponent I ended up killing with a, with a trap but it was a lot more powerful than I thought and if all you I think what you need is about like seven to eight really powerful red arrows four to five red pumps which again that's not that easy to get but there is there's quite a lot of them and all of them are really good and just some good generic attacks and i think you your damage economy in that deck is so good because of barbed Castaway, because of the riptide effect giving you that free load, reload and you're on hits with like some of those powerful powerful arrows um plus plus generics i, I honestly think that actually if i was playing like a I would say like maybe maybe I really want to go and win my my skirmish right or I there was like they ended up being like a seal calling or something. I think what I'd hope for is like a riptide pool, to be honest because I I think it can line up really well into assassin. Mm
0: -hmm. We talked a little bit about what you like about the format.
1: What do you not
0: like about sealed in particular?
1: I just think it's that those three those three heroes, particularly ninja as a whole class, feel pretty close to unplayable if unless you open like a really specific pool. Don't don't get me wrong, people had good ninja decks i don't think i'm not saying you should just immediately play assassin or you should immediately look at only riptide and your assassin but I, I do think it's not probably not enough enough playability to katsu and benji and i could be wrong right like the format might develop and it might turn out that there's a different way to play with kadachis that you don't need as many zero costs and things like that sealed. but that was definitely my takeaway is that that's probably the negative mm-hmm. i'd love to see a bit more balance than maybe the heroes
0: so extrapolating from this past weekend, how do you think this, uh, this format shapes up in draft?
1: Oh, that's a big leap. I can't, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to draft this weekend. I've already booked in three drafts for the, for the weekend, over the weekend uh, as the set releases. I think it is gonna be different. It's definitely to be different to the seal format. I don't think it's gonna be as grindy. I think your average card quality is going to be better. Now, don't, I guess don't get me wrong because you there's the same amount of, I mean, there's less cards, right? That you have access to but i think what's going to end up happening is that you know you get to distribute those cards around and azalea benji katsu are more playable so i think you're going to end up with having better decks more focused decks you're going to have some pretty crazy ninja decks which won't let people get to second cycle they have too much damage in them um the format will be i don't think it will be it's not going to be uprising speed it's not going to be uh tales of aria speed but i do think it's going to be it's going to be faster than the seal format and i think there's going to be a lot of the draft itself is going to be super interesting, especially the first few weeks as people kind of feel it out. Like these hybrid cards, right? Like how do you stay open, these dual class cards? And, and then what does, what does your deck end up looking like? Um, like talking to, to Nick on limited time, only, he made a, a pretty big claim and he thinks you can probably stay open all, most of the way through pack two between your, like, your hero, so you can get into a class and then decide your hero um, or decide between two classes and then even choose your hero in the third pack, which is, which is pretty huge.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, what's interesting about the draft is like... Um, if a set is going to be the one of the best sets ever in Flesh and Blood, the draft does need to... I don't know, at least feel fair and feel like you can play yep. most of most of the classes. And I think that's still yet to be determined. We saw an uprising, not really an unbalanced format, but a format where mm-hmm. it was definitely easier to play ninja um than the other classes. The power level, that was still argued, I think, to the end of the format. Um, uh, but it was definitely an easier class of draft, right? Like, and it was sure. somewhat forcible. And I think in that class with six heroes, I would be it, I would be surprised if every single hero is equally easy to draft and equally as powerful. So we'll have to see sort of how that whole experience shapes, out, uh, shapes up.
1: Draft is self-correcting. Like there Like is a meta in draft, right? So you can use Uprising example. If fire if is forcible and then four players at the table of forcing fire, and you find yourself in a one in Dromai or Icelander, your deck was usually cracked. And, you know, that ba- rebalances the power. You're one of a drafter versus four of a drafter and you have the pick of the cards and you have you know all your ice veins and your your cards that you're after your all your blue ice cards and and i will say that didn't mean that you always three for sure mm. but i think that that led to a, a rebalance of power and, and that could be the same in the set maybe i don't know it's just i don't want to pick on benji but let's just say benji ends up being perceived as the weakest and then for that reason uh people are really worried about going into ninja earlier because they feel like they can only play katsu um and maybe, maybe katsu is just kind of mid then you could often just have two ninja players at a table, maybe even one ninja player. And all of a sudden like that, that really balance rebalances with people seeing assassin as the strongest. If, I'm not saying that people will I actually think ranger might end up being kind of the early kind of consensus for maybe the, the stronger, just because we talked about card quality and how high some of that is uh, in the set review. These arrows are really, really good. Upcast are really, really good, but th- that will self correct. I think so. It's, it's going to be really interesting. I think. My takeaway, like if I compare it to sealed, just to kind of maybe give some, some reassurance to the set is that the sealed format is, while it does come down to often, actually, I think the more people decide to play more cards in the deck, it actually doesn't come down to fatigue because you just have so, much, so many cards and it's more about like card economy and card quality. People actually die because they put too many jank cards in the deck, so it's a real balancing act. And that's really interesting. I think it leads to quite a skill intensive format. Like how much do you save for late game versus how much power do you try and push from in the early game to put them to a life total, etc. And I think draft is going to be somewhere in the middle of that and a really crazy draft format like Uprising or even seal format like Uprising. And I, I do think that bodes really well for a long, enjoyable, really deep draft format.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who didn't get to play the pre-release, what other <laughs> format in Flesh and Blood would you say that this format is closest to in terms of play, uh, play experience?
1: Well, that's interesting for 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 the sealed format, sorry
0: yeah, for sealed
1: It's kind of like nothing we've really seen before. It's kind of a cross between welcome to Wraith and <laughs> kind of sounds bad, but like it's like Arcane Rising and Monarch. I would say like those three is like the closest, I think. It doesn't really feel like tales or uprising um kind of feels a bit like in terms of the sense of like monarch where card economy was really important because prism you didn't have a weapon. Uh, for chain, you, you could deck out, right? So there's like card economy considerations there, and then on the and the flip, and you know even Livia like your your cards in block. And then on the flip side, with Welcome to Wraith, there's like a lot of good generics. There's a lot of like kind of cards that feel maybe a little bit less powerful, a little bit less synergistic. Um, and then with Arcane Rising, it's like a lot of two blocks, and there's some things that feel a little bit like arcane damage, like with Bloodrock Pox and and like Riptide Traps. You know the Riptide Hero ability, things like that. So it's it's unique it's hard to compare it to any one format but i would say it's more of like an amalgamation of those kind of some of the really early principles of the game i think
0: yeah it's it's pretty funny because i think uh looking at the sort of weekend one consensus of like the deck to play in Sealed, whether it was like Azuri or maybe a bit of Arachnus in there, but look to be Assassin. I think when that's happened in the past, you and I specifically have disagreed with the people that have been like, you know, prison pile it every time. Um, I think in Tales of Wario was very clear it was Briar, which is the best in Sealed. But there, like it does seem like the community, do you feel like the community was uh, pretty spot on, at least from the rhetoric I, I sort of extrapolated from Twitter and the saying that, yeah, if you're playing, when playing Sealed it does feel like Assassin is a cut above the rest.
1: Yeah, I think probably. I mean, I, I will say people are really underrating riptide. I think because people just aren't realizing what a good riptide dick looks like. I think, but it does. It does require that you. I think assassin is the correct default, and I. But I don't think that means it's more powerful. I, I actually, I do think the riptide, if you open the pool, is the most powerful uh, thing you can be doing. But it just, it turns, you know, Spider's Bite is a weapon and Assassin's, uh, sorry, Ranger doesn't have a weapon and Kadachi's a hard to use as weapon. So I, I just think that that means that you, you default to Assassin, uh, unfortunately, w- which is fine, actually. Like there's so much variety in the ways you can build the deck and even between Arachne and Azuri that it's still really, really interesting. The gameplay is still interesting. I just think that, yeah, like the community sentiment was really interesting. It was, it was like, this, this, and this, but I'm still having a lot of fun. You know, oh, it does come down to fatigue, but it's really yeah. interesting. It's not like blocking. It's not fatigue by blocking. It's fatigue by damage and card economy, which is just so much more interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Because I would say, you know, if I just listened to the words that you say, it'd be like, there's, a, there's definitely been a bit of pushback where it's like, okay, there's a lot of diversity in. In building the deck, but then you also just play all your playables. So it's like it kind of just slot in all the cards, it seems like. But then also there's a fatigue aspect. So, and there's Rangers. So it's, does it feel close to Arcane Rising, but now it's different? Like I was yeah. surprised to see these, <clears throat> these um, topics and themes coming up regarding the format, but then to see there being a positive reception because other formats that have had those themes have been very bad, right? So things like Arcane Rising Sealed is just like it was actually antithesis so of fun it was painful to play it was not fun um, but it does sound like people have enjoyed this format and yeah can you dive a little bit deeper into this <laughs> concept of fatigue by damage rather than fatigue by fatigue by deck and why this feels better specifically
1: yeah definitely so i think it's really important to touch on because <clears> it is what makes this format feel a lot more enjoyable so if you look at arcane rising i don't a lot of people might not play this format but the problem with this format is that it, like playing pile was often correct and you had a lot more block threes in your class uh, and it was just correct to just block, to just defend. Just lay your cards down and then play out a red thread every now and again and swing with your weapon if you were a blade, which is where people play pile. Uh, because the other heroes... did no So uh, Dash had the, the pistol, but no other heroes had, had weapons. And then Dash yeah. had... So, if Dash had a cost. pistol,
0: but Dash. So, the reason why Dash didn't work, even though it had a weapon, was that Dash had to effectively delete its deck to get go again and to, like, to make that pistol yeah. effective. So, like, boosting was just a big non-bow with like pile and maintaining a deck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Runeblade was effectively the only hero in that format that had a weapon
1: and was able to play pile and just grind people out yeah exactly so that's what that format felt like a lot of defending and mindless defending just yeah i just defend this because it's it's damage defend damage defend damage how many cards this you format on the other hand <laughs> yeah this on the other hand in this format the spider's bite really changes that up because so if you want to throw a card at their one damage dagger coming through then you've lost a card from your deck doing so they have not lost a card from their deck doing so so already card economy from attacking is is better Uh, and if you don't then all your cards defend worse so now when you go to defend their threat you're having to spend more cards or you're leaking damage so immediately you're again your card economy is is worse so if you did that if one opponent just attacked with dagger plus threat for the whole game and the other player blocked the player defending is going to fatigue first so that's kind of what you mean by fatigue by damage attacking actually forces cards out of your opponent's deck and and to take that a step further the reason this becomes so interesting is because it comes about. How Do you manage the reds in your deck? The, the power level of attacks is not necessarily that strong, so you need to be using them in the best way possible to get cards out of your opponent. Try and get some of their red cards if you can with a really relevant on hit effect, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. your, your card economy is getting higher. And you know, in the late game, as good as Spider's Bites are, they're not Kadachis in the late game, it's really hard to attack with two of them, so you do still need some threats in the late game. And this is where, like, we're seeing Riptides actually run assassins out of, out of threats because they can't really come in with more than one attack while one spider's bite rather while on the flip side riptides coming in with like you know some arrows some blue or yellow blue or yellow arrows that saves, saved or even just like blue or yellow attack actions so that's kind of what it means really is this fatigue by damage is that it's not just about mindless blocking it's about strategically deciding when to attack when to block mm. when to take damage when to not and how to you know move through into the in game effectively
0: yeah, I'm assuming you can feel quite skill intensive when it comes to blocking with the correct cards versus attacking with them and preserving your life title throughout that process. Cause I assume that if you're you know, if you're a newer player and you tend to be blocking with, you know, your higher power cards rather than your resource cards or some of your more redundant cards, it just the games can slip away from you pretty quickly because your opponent is just utilizing their cards in a much more powerful way in terms of like their their potential i guess i don't know how you would describe it but yeah blocking with your blocking with your red one for six is not good yeah
1: the what's it called like the um why i'm blanking the something cost what's it The, the
0: opportunity cost is it
1: yes it is it is literally it's the opportunity cost it's the opportunity cost of what that represents on on damage on offense versus defense it's a two on defense but that could represent three cards from your opponent or Two mm-hmm. of their better cards, or just two cards, or six damage, six to eight damage on on offense. So, and and that really matters in a format where, your the rest of your cards are often a little bit weaker and a little bit more awkward to play. Like it's really hard to play your whole hand out. So it's really hard to do this whole like five card hand present fifteen damage thing. Like that's not really a thing in this seal format. It might be a thing in draft with ninja, but it's not really a thing in this format.
0: Mm. Um, do you have anything else to sort of cap off our discussion of you know uh, post pre release uh, your summary of the set or um,
1: not really. I mean, if you want to hear more about how to kind of, I guess, construct a, a sealed deck and, and kind of the really big takeaways of the most powerful cards and and really tips and tricks on kind of crushing the seal format if you're heading to skirmish season, then then check out limited time only. But I think we've kind of talked a little bit more like holistically about what the seal format could look like and the health of it. And it's it's really interesting. Like, I, I can't wait for you to play some games. So Maybe we can even play some sealed. I, I honestly think, so if I was going to go to hang out with some friends and they're like oh we should play some sealed this is the format i'm going to opt to play every time because i think it's the most mm. interesting from like a skill standpoint um my games against you know some of the better players in in my area were ridiculously fun like there were so many decisions there was a lot of like tense moments in the game which i just haven't felt in a lot of other seal formats where it's about oh you you have that card or oh you have like a lot of these red bombs and and i don't like it's it's not like that i think the the enjoyability of the seal format is a lot higher. And I, I, I think my, my kind of final statement I will say is that I think if LSS can produce seal formats like this moving forward, that have these interesting game states that don't feel one-sided, that have tense game decisions, as Sasha likes to talk about, I think they should use the seal format more. I think they should definitely be using it for skirmishes. I even think that they should use it for some of the level two events, so tier two events, so Road to Nationals, Pro Quest, I, I even Calling. I would love to see day one sealed, a2 draft balling, like you used to see in magic if the sealed format is going to be yeah uh, have this much integrity like i don't want to really particularly want to play seven or eight rounds of assassin mirrors although i thought, thought they were interesting but i do think that maybe if the set was like a little bit more balanced with heroes then they've got to set on their hands for sealed that they could use a lot more widely
0: yeah i mean we did that in tales of which was like probably one of the worst <laughs> sealed formats yeah that's like, um <laughs> Which yeah, it was an experience for sure. Uh, let's definitely open it up and see what your what your buyer cards look like, um, or you're playing some sort of fatigue guardian, not fatigue by yep. damage, but fatigue the boring way. Um, yep, the lame way. Yeah, so we well, did. Uh, we sort of did this podcast a bit async. We have a little bit of news to talk about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's all right. Is we, we we talked about weak in flesh and blood briefly. And yeah, we, we did some. <laughs> Yeah, let's get into some, some news. There's uh, this, Because we haven't recorded for two weeks, even though we've had a podcast out, we we didn't do any news last week. We went straight into the set review. I do just want to say, first of all, before we, we dive into all that, I want to say a massive thank you to all the support on our set review. I got a lot, of, a lot of nice messages, Brendan. Uh We had a lot of nice comments on the set review as well, just saying how it was helping people and how people were going to their first sealed. I even heard about some people was like, you know, I won two games because you guys helped me with the set review and, and how to play sealed and things like that. So really awesome to hear and we just want to say a massive thank you to to everyone who supported us on the set review a lot of uh, a lot of views which is awesome and same thing for episode one of limited time only a massive thank you to to everyone who threw the support behind that and uh, checked out what we what we put together um news wise i mean a, a lot has kind of happened i mean first i want to leave with this surgical extraction uh reprint that's coming with <laughs> Dust to dawn so Dust to dawn is the next a uh, expansion set this is a are they still called I don't want to get the name wrong and I feel like I'm a bad uh, flesh and blood fan for this. They're not called supplementary sets anymore. I, I feel like they're called expansion sets now. Is it?
0: I mean, if they change <laughs> the no, name,
1: I sorry. don't know. I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, uh, uh, surgical Extraction is going to be in Dustal Dawn at... It's a reprint, effectively, to offset what happened in um, Outsiders. Oh, what is going on? I'm, I'm struggling. Sorry. With Dynasty. Dynasty. Uh, where that was short-printed unintentionally. It was swapped in the place of Regicide, so Regicide ended up being printed higher, uh, like a higher print run, and Surgical Extraction had a lower print run. So it is going to be available in Dust or Dawn, uh, which is pretty interesting. So that's cool. People will be able to get access to there. So obviously it's coming a little bit later than probably people would like, but it is a fix that Alice has come up with, and I think it's a, it's a reasonable fix, which is good.
0: So do we get a Light Illusionist and a Shadow Rain blade in that set? I, I don't know me neither um i'd assume so <clears throat> i'd assume so though um you? that makes th- me worried
1: though yeah i mean i don't <laughs> play this picture
0: <laughs> i'm just really excited to sell all my monarch boxes i'm not gonna lie <laughs> freaking <clears throat> sitting on those for a while but yeah i mean <clears throat> we talked about this in some past podcasts but i think that flesh and blood's living legend model uh and its effect on the casual player is a bit interesting with how long it takes to reprint said said hero or said character <laughs> light illusionist shadow room blade luckily you can you know shift those room blade cards over but this idea that you could have a deck and especially in a hero centric game and uh you know that be your identity and it, it be taken from you and there's no other format to play it in as of yet i think that that's uh definitely a flaw but it'll likely get fixed with some sort of eternal format or you know hopefully if we in my opinion i think a, a Potentially better models when something living legends, they could patent, they could print out a supplemental replacement and have it come to market a bit earlier, maybe through the form of armory promos or some sort of like price compensation at a lo- local game store level. But I don't know if that makes sense in the whole game design or if it has to come out with a supplementary set. But yeah, I know if like if I was a prism
1: player, I'd be pretty bummed out after it Blitz. got play plates. Yeah,
0: play plates. <laughs> I,
1: I like, and I think a lot of people share this into it with me, so I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. People like that the format changes and that we won't see particular class for a while. It changes the dynamic of the game. It changes the dynamic of kind of your play experience. And, you know, I I do agree for a subset of people that is going to, who really only want to play that one hero, uh, that does suck. But even printing like a a new hero isn't going to necessarily replace that for the person. It could have a different play style. It might not be as powerful. It might be more powerful. It might not fit the way the person wants to play. They might not feel affinity to that hero for lore reasons, for instance. So um i don't know i, I kind of like that we you know we've spent some time without both of those classes and yeah. i think obviously alice's do as well
0: living legend has ha, is responsible for the biggest shakeups to the format so far sure. for class constructed
1: sure although we've got outsiders we'll see what happens with outsiders and class constructed i'm sure we will talk more about that as set releases uh events start to happen obviously got pro tour baltimore coming up so there's, there's a lot to to come in the next few while uh skirmish season six next next piece of news uh if you haven't seen this already it was announced a while ago now but do just want to you know but the launch of outsiders so they're sealed for skirmish season six there is also blitz uh it is running from april 8th to 23rd so it's coming up very quickly i'm gonna try and unfortunately it's over easter which is i know a little bit awkward for some people i think i can only play one but i'm definitely gonna get down and play a blitz at uh shout out to grimdark gaming in sydney or oh, in wollongong in south sydney their uh store i'm gonna go to i went to their pre-release on sunday there one of the best stores out there just, just doing the work for the community, to be honest. They've had great prize support. I actually think their skirmishes, uh, they're running it like free entry and they're doing a bunch of like charity stuff as well. So very cool. That's better than $60 entry. I agree. I agree. And I think they <laughs> no they have a pretty support. big space. I think they have like 70 players or something. I think they've already got like 60 pre-registered. Uh, there was on release an errata bulletin as well. Just next piece of news if you haven't already seen this. And basically it's one of them is for give and take, which... You're going to love this because you talked a lot about give and take, Brendan, as the anti-fatigue card. So the way that give and take is meant to work, the way it's designed is to trigger each time an action card is added to its chain link as a defending card. But it was kind of ambiguous of whenever and defend. So they've they've fixed this. So it now says whenever an action card defends give and take, you may put an action card with cost less than give and takes power uh, from your graveyard on top of your deck. So if your opponent defends the two cards, Brendan, two cards on top of your deck. You know, I knew that. That's why I rated it so highly. <coughs> <laughs> so Foresight some future sight, some inside information from Brendan there. He knew give and take was going to be better than it was. So I just uh, don't
0: miss with the ratings, you yeah.
1: know. Yeah. I mean this this is a card that I think is gonna see play in Briar for sure, especially with that that change. Mm-hmm. Um where to the loop channel Maharocks. When you play a channel, Mount Heroic, play this coming for six, you're probably not gonna defend it. Okay. Um, especially in the late game. Very, very good. Uh, and the other one is back hill kick, which uh what they say it didn't have a wild condition as part of its combo ability, so um they wanted to fix the static. Basically, it's designed to have combo ability effect apply to increase in power from cards like twin twisters and benji. And so uh it can only do so if granted the ability from combo it, that is that it's functional while in the stack, so it's led to an issue. So they've just changed it to combo if twin twisters was the last attack of this combo chain while this is face up in any zone and would gain attack instead it gains that much plus one. So it, just a, that one's more functional just to make sure it makes sense. And the give and take is uh, you know, it, it is more powerful than maybe it might have appeared at first. And they wanted to make sure that that was exactly how it works for people. So it mm. all makes sense. Uh we did a giveaway to celebrate one hundred episodes of Arsenal Pass, Brendan. And I have a winner. If you didn't see this, we we said, you know, drop a comment, tell us what you like about Arsenal Pass. Or I think you asked a question about the format. Mm. Maybe. Something like that. It was
0: weeks ago at this point. I know,
1: I know. At this point, it's like three weeks ago that we recorded that episode. Uh, But we did ask for some reviews and stuff as well. We are still, if you do want to review the pod, you can go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash Arsenal Pass. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Or if you're on Apple Podcasts, maybe you listen on Apple, uh, you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well, which it just helps us really get out to more people people see arsenal pass and if you enjoy us then we, we really appreciate it
0: yeah it's by far the most the most helpful thing you can do for us is by far the most important thing so if you do want to support us and you have been listening for a while if you can shoot us a review on apple Podcasts in particular mm-hmm. that is the number one contribution you can make
1: mm-hmm. and for a giveaway we did give people double entry if they entered uh via leaving review and we did get a review that is a winner this is j kelly 0305 from the United States uh, who gave us very nicely a five-star rating as well. So if that is you, please get in contact with us at arsenalpassfab at gmail.com. Give us your address details, full address details and phone number so that we can send you out this prize pack, which includes a outsider's play mat, a coal foil Benji, an arsenal pass resource token and uh thank you for your your nice review you said uh you don't have to listen to all 100 episodes i'm paraphrasing here Jay kelly but if you don't you don't have to listen to all 100 episodes but if you do you'll definitely hear a lot about the card game flesh and blood and if that's what you want that's a second great thing so (laughs) we appreciate you but yeah again thank you for all the entries some really nice comments and some great reviews and uh it's going to do it for the news brendan is there anything else for us to to cover before i guess we get towards the end of this pod we don't really have the main topic this week. We kind of, we kind of did it. You kind of peppered me with the main topic, talking about outside. Yeah,
0: well, what's funny too is like uh, that was all the dumb. <laughs> it's it uh, not scripted. Let's is uh, so fifty two weeks in a year, right? Fifty two weeks in a yes. year. So that I'm makes. Glad you learned that. People are like episode one hundred. What are you gonna do? What about episode one hundred four? Because that's two years. I think that's more of, a, more, of a, more of a milestone, to be honest, because, you know, 100 is just like the arbitrary number, but two years, that's, you know, for some reason, a year is not arbitrary.
1: It feels like a lot. We're about to cross that hump. That's what your girlfriend tells you. A year is not an arbitrary number. Every year, you must be re- reminded uh, to make sure you get me a gift.
0: Yeah, so anniversary here in two weeks. Yeah, what are you getting me, Brendan?
1: I, I don't know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> It'd be good. We do need, we do need more Arsenal Pass t shirts, though. I sent one to our audio editor, uh, Hoodwill, and he likes it. He says it's a bit snug. And I said,
1: that was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to get the guns out. Yeah, episode 104 is coming quickly. Maybe if you've got an idea for what we should do for the episode, drop it in the comments. I mean, me and Brendan have bandied around a lot of different ideas for topics that we want to cover that are a bit more, maybe a little bit less level up oriented, a little bit less. Current and a little bit more about, you know, history of the game, some mm. uh, nostalgia things. Maybe that's a good time to do it for episode 104. So let us know what you're, you know, maybe you've got a topic that you think would be a great sort of topic for episode 104. Let us know.
0: I swear to God, I've been waiting for about two years for top 10 waifus in flesh and blood, but it has just not happened.
1: Not quite what I was thinking. I was more <laughs> thinking like, you know, the Welcome to rate set review. Or-
0: <laughs> uh, that was my submission for one year that just didn't make it past uh, the editing phase.
1: I apologize. Is there anything you want to talk about from an outsider standpoint? Like, is there anything that, you know, <laughs> so we've got, we've got <laughs> just to, just to circle back, we've got drafts. People will be drafting this weekend. People will continue to play sealed, but I think we've, we've done sealed. And if you want even more tips, like I say, go check out limited time only. Uh, but draft is coming up thick and fast. Are you, are you looking to try and get some drafts in over the next week? Like, what do you think, what are kind of your thoughts? Cause you've asked me a lot about my, you know, questions. Obviously I've, I've played the set already. But what about you, like from everything, you were kind of an observer of everything yeah. this from the point of
0: view of a, of an outsider, <laughs> there go. they may say. Um, yeah, so I would like to play drafts. I think the number one thing for me in regards to draft is I hope that my local party group does a sort of draft camp again, um, which they did prior to the last Pro Tour. It's just very helpful. It's very convenient. You get a lot of drafts in. That's what I like to do. Um my, L- the problem is just like the LGSs are so freaking far away from me. And I know some people drive hours, but for me, it's like everything is a 45 minute there in uh, both ways. So I do drastically prefer draft camps. I'd be looking forward to that. Hopefully some players in the local area, I know Brody definitely has, but um, have qualified and we'll be doing that again because it's very helpful. And yeah, I'm getting, I'm not, <laughs> dude. So quick tangent, I'm moving apartments this week and that entails packing things up and moving them i think i'm done buying sealed product i have so uh-huh. many freaking cards dude it, it i it i'm drowning it, it controls my life so nevertheless i do have a team covenant subscription still zach shout out um so i will have three boxes coming and i will be playing some tabletop sealed with my partner and yeah i mean that'll be a good good entry for
1: entry for me oh should we play some sealed i've got i've got some cases i'm picking We're up I-
0: i'm down
1: I'm down. yeah let's do it let's do it i feel like i need to i i want to play more sealed
0: let's do it in the arsenal pass patreon discord well throw on the webcam do it live there yeah, we'll stream it yeah.
1: why not why yeah. not people can jump in and, and join in uh yeah i mean i've also said i wasn't gonna buy any sealed product but dude like you know marvel codexes like well give me every time man every time I'm like oh, no, nah, i'll just buy like a it. i'll just get someone to like sort me out a place here no no, no. I, I bought a couple of cases so i'll be i'll be cracking some packs on friday oh, i can't keep this up I-
0: for much longer bro like i can't have this much chaff and cards like it's it's I so just them away i'm setting to my lgs yeah i gotta do that i mean yeah so we don't talk like the one thing the one redeeming quality is that because i got in the game so early like this game does re- like does represent a decent amount of asset for me at this point but i just like i'm like i don't it's just not worth it. Like, there's so many cards. There's some, like, I have freaking literally behind my desk right here. I have ten boxes of cards, and that's half of them. Like, and those are the
1: oh, big things.
0: Yeah, those over f-
1: under on yellow stripe, sink belows. You own? Oh, uh, I have a lot. I have a lot. Are those rare? <laughs> I, I think I think people they're, they're desirable. The the pink stripe cards, like Scarf. Roscar oh, and, pink stripe. I thought you said yellow stripe. Yeah. I was like. Sorry, pink stripe. They say stripe. yellow stripe. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, pink stripe. Uh, look, Brynn, uh, this isn't why people listen to Arsenal Pass. So I'm going to round it out with just coming back to something that we didn't talk about, which is classic constructed. Schedule ban and speed announcement did happen early. So it was released mm. early by LSS. No changes. So Outsiders is going to release into a format with no changes. And then we're going to head towards. So we've got uh, some callings coming up, of course, before. Ultimore, as well as some Battle Hardens. Just give me your first kind of... We're going to dive... I think probably next week or the week after, we're really going to dive into Class Constructed a Mm -hmm. lot more, but do you have any kind of early thoughts with just no Banner Suspended announcement of how this new Outsiders format might play out as we head towards first CC events?
0: I think it's absolutely appropriate. Um, I think the only Banner Suspended that we could have seen is if there's an interaction between a new Outsiders cards and some of the Zixing cards that is fundamentally broken. Outside of that, I think that the format is healthy and they should allow outsiders to exist um, in the current c- ecosystem and see where, see where it lands. I think no changes is exactly what I expected in regards to outsiders. We talked about it a bit, but um, you know, pe- with the advent of Talshar, people have had time to play class constructed a little bit. And there has been, you know, people talking about Ranger being good. Finally. Um, I think that, I think that people are still underrating Katsu. And I think that, that, that deck will be, or that hero will be very, very powerful. And I think Flick Flack is, like actually busted like i think the reason we haven't seen flick Flack play is because there wasn't a hero that was it was you know katsu wasn't good enough in the past i think if katsu is even like a tier two hero like flick Flack, is one of the best cards in the game we're talking about blues are yeah. 0 for 5 so it's like come on
1: 0 for 4 right oh you turn your blunt. yeah sure, sure sure yeah i agree i agree i agree yeah i mean we saw obviously katsu back in road to national first ever road to national season and a little bit prior to that but yeah it's never really stood top and i do think katsu looks really good i will say i wasn't expecting to see something from the band's spin announcement but i wouldn't ha- have if lss had been sort of sort of trying to get a handle on the format and looking at balancing and they felt that uh sorry Ultim and even icelander was still too good you know a ban to them or a hit to them in some way shape or form i mean crown of seeds lives on right <laughs> which is a, an eternal question of whether that's correct or not obviously they printed yeah, is that the answer? I guess we'll find out. But it's like the uh, yeah.
0: that meme where they slap the like the tape on the water thing. That's like <laughs> instead of like banning crown of seas they just
1: start printing all these cards to try to counter it. We'll, we'll see. But that's one thing I thought is that potentially that could have been a decision that they made was to go ahead and look at the format, the health of the format, heading into outsiders. How strong and consistent? I'll continue to talk about consistency in this game and the domination of consistency. In class constructed, and it has been for a long, long time, and that is what Icelander and Ultima are ultimately. So, I wouldn't have been like I said. I'm not surprised to see no change, but at the same time, it might have welcomed something. I just don't. I do, I just can't tell you what I think that should be. To be honest, I I really don't know. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't want to say you know, like frigid. I don't want necessarily want to say crown of seeds. But yeah, heading forward, I think both Ultima and Icelander still look really good. Do not. Get it wrong like ranger does look really good and it might be that ranger now has the tools to also beat out fatigue ultim i think the premiere version of ultim heading into this early part of this format is not going to be fatigue. i don't think there's so many tools now to deal with fatigue uh that i i just don't think you know whether it's katsu whether it's ranger from an outsider's perspective or whether it's briar which is still around in the format by the way there's there's a lot of tools to deal with fatigue so i think Ultim is going to be good, but it's going to be more traditional Ultim, damage-dealing Ultim. Something like we saw uh, Michael Hamilton, sorry, Michael Fing, yep, yep, Michael's yep, mixed yep. up, take to Top 8 in Auckland. And uh, I think with what he won the Battle Hardened with just recently, so I think that's going to be on, on tap. Yep, just the two-card-eight crowd. do. It's, really, it's really good, as it turns out.
0: So they did, yeah uh, yeah um we'll see we'll see uh, i really wish they would hit icelander because then my take that icelander wouldn't be represented <clears throat> at baltimore what might come true but it's not looking so good right now
1: yeah icelander's still really good i, I think icelander gets hurt more than ultim with this set i think Katsu upgrade gives you an aggro deck that has like a bit more viability to deal with it uh, you know, so like Frigid Kadachis do a lot of work and then you just have good attacks and good breakpoint numbers that they can't necessarily deal that well with and, and combo to go and find you these powerful zero cost cards. And then also just Ranger, just going tall on Iceland is, is pretty good as it turns out. So, yeah, we'll see anyway Brendan I mean we've talked a lot about outsiders in the set we've talked a lot about sealed you know the prosecution came at me hard and strong I hope I answered in a sufficient manner I'm excited for you to play some sealed whether it's with me this weekend or where you know you it like you say at home at the kitchen table I just want to hear your thoughts on sealed so I'm sure we'll be talking about that this weekend and I'll, I'll be drafting on the flip side of that I don't know anything else to say before we wrap up no nope, that's it for me awesome all right well it's been episode 102 of Arsenal Pass until next time we'll see you next week See everybody.